The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. On a spectacular Wednesday afternoon in the town, we are sitting, literally sitting on Ricky Henderson Field at the Coliseum before game two of a three-game set with the New York Yankees and the A's so far on what we were looking at as a huge homestand considering the opponents that were coming in to play the A's here this week when you looked at the Astros, now the Yankees, and then the Giants coming in this weekend. It's turning out to be so far a terrific homestand for the Oakland Athletics. This is A's Cast Live. Roxy Bernstein in for Uncle Townie who is – the team, you know, the team across the bay goes, well, he's on assignment. Well, he has another gig that he's got to take care of. He is north of the border. Chris Townsend, I guess it's better to go to Winnipeg in August than it would be in February. Although the Winnipeg Jets are not playing right now. And neither are the – is it Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Is that who plays? Or is it the – I think it's the Rough Riders, yeah. It's, it's the Winnipeg there's no Blue Bombers. The Blue Bombers, okay. I mean, uh, the CFL, those teams come and go. The the Ottawa used to be the Rough Riders also. But then they changed to the Red Blacks, so they stopped confusing everybody because there was two Rough Riders. So I- imagine that like in an eight-team league. You had two teams both named the Rough Riders. How confusing is that? I'm just more I'm more concerned that we're talking about Canadian League, Canadian football. This re- well, I'm just We're trying to shop, where Uncle Townie is. Oh, I can go deep in the CFL knowledge if you want. You know, playing for the Grey Cup and all like I did. But no, I didn't. When Johnny Manziel was up there, I was, I was intrigued. But then when Doug jo- Flutie, uh, Jeff Garcia, let's go. Warren Moon. See? You're, you got, you're up on your CFL knowledge. That's, that's about the extent of the people I know that played in the Canadian Football League. You know, it's got to make a living. Ricky Williams played there, didn't he? I think he did briefly. Yeah. We got. Uh, we should try. To, well, we're not going to name the teams. Commander Cody with me as well. Ben is here as well. Roxy Bernstein with you on A's Cast Live. We have an action-packed show for you that will not consist of Canadian Football League conversation. Well, uh, maybe if you want to, maybe a five thirty. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, maybe Calgary Stampede. No, the St. Peter's. Yeah, that sounds right. Toronto Argonauts. No, the Montreal Alouettes. Let's go. Who won the Great Cup last year? Hamilton Tiger Cats. I don't know who won it last year. How about the Edmonton Eskimos? No, the BC Lions—they win it. Now I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a guess. Calgary Stampede won it. Calgary Stampeders. That there's my guess. Calgary right. Stampeders won the 106th great 106th Grey Cup in 2018. Look at you. Maybe it wasn't a guess. The most popular team in Can in Calgary, not the Flames, the Stampeders. Stop it! No, it's not. Johnny Hockey has nothing to do with Calgary Stampeders. Hey, Theo Fleury ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Jerome McGinley yeah. coming, you know, I'll stop. 
Mika uh, Kippersoff ain't walking through those doors. Well, that was a bad <laughs> trade for the Sharks. Um, so coming up on the show today, we, we're, ho- we're efforting CC Sabathia, the face of the franchise, Ray Fossey, trying to get CC to swing by the pride of Alejo and his swan song in the big leagues. So we're efforting CC, but we will have for sure. Book Shambi is going to join us. John Shambi from ESPN coming up at 4:30. Matt Chapman will be around around 4:45. AJ Puck right around the five o'clock top of the hour. Rick Sutcliffe as well will join us from ESPN, the former major league pitcher. As ESPN in town, they're here for the broadcast last night, doing the game as well tonight. So all of those guys are going to come by. Here are set on the field right near the A's dugout for A's Cast Live here at the Coliseum. Before we jump into the show, we have some gloating to do. Let's stick our chest a little bit, can we, Cody? That's go ahead, Rocks. No, I'll, I'll let you because you you're the you're the man behind this show. I'm just kind of the temp guy from time to time. I come through and host the show, and Uncle Towney is he's the face. He no, Ray's the face. Come on. Well, no, Towney's the face of A's Cast. Okay, all right. He he's the front man. But the man behind the man, who's the real man that puts everything together, is Commander Cody. I'm going to let you stick your chest out here on this news. Yeah, so today we put out the press release that uh, we're now the number one podcast on all of Major League Baseball. Unbelievable. We start. We launched Ace Cast on March 20th. We launched Ace Cast Live on May 20th. That's when I came aboard. And we've been doing this now for four months, and we're now the number one podcast on all baseball. So I appreciate all everyone listening, downloading, uh, commenting, everything, rating, subscribing, reviewing on iTunes. And... You know, we have a great staff. We have you, Townie, Joey, Pearl, Ben. Alex. The face of A's All Night, Alex Jensen. Yeah. Ken and Vince do a lot of work for work with us. We have a lot of people to do a lot to go into a lot of the podcasts we have on AceCast, so we thank you. But for you personally, I'm, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Yes, the effects are great. Look, that's good producing yeah, over that's there. The, that's the live studio audience that we have here. And it's not just Matt Williams and... Ryan Christensen and Robbie Grossman. Yeah, they might be part of the live studio audience because they're right in front of us. But on a personal level, though, when you see that news come across, does it give you some satisfaction knowing all your hard work is paying off that you've made this the number one downloaded podcast in all of Major League Baseball? Oh, absolutely, because coming from doing Sports Talk Radio, it's, you know, when you have those rating success, and I, I got to finally see that after five years, I finally got to see some success doing everything I did at the previous job, but seeing this being here for four months and seeing it grow as much as it has, and it's just going to keep getting bigger, it's it's great news. And I've got a lot of great news over the last few months, so this is, keeps adding to it. And, again, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people like you and Tani, who I've been working with for years, and Pearl giving me a shot, and the guys like Joey and Ben and, and Alex, everyone we work with behind the scenes, that they keep this going. So I'm I'm very grateful to be where I'm at, and I couldn't, th- I couldn't be happier. And, I think, again, thank you, everyone, for listening and downloading and giving you continue giving us feedback on this we can't thank the fans enough we really can't and this is something that you demanded you wanted you wanted to have more A's conversation readily accessible and here it is through the tune in app and again thank you to the loyal A's fans who have made A's cast and A's cast live and everything we do the number one downloaded podcast in all of major league baseball if you want more CFL talk We'll get, no, we, if we you won't. De- if you demand yeah. it, if you demand it on our Twitter page at AthleticsCast24, we might bring it up later in the show. I don't know. No promises. Could be. I maybe don't we'll know. put it in buying or selling. Remember when they tried to bring the CFL south of the border? That didn't work out. Sacramento had a, a CFL team for a little bit. Well, speaking of quickly, the yeah. XFL just released all eight teams. I did. Disappointed. I'm disappointed. I know. As they, a former vo- radio voice of the San Francisco Demons. Really, hold on. Hold on. What? You never knew that? No, I knew Vascursion was at the TV, but. 
I was the radio voice in the one and only season of the San Francisco Demons. Who'd you call games with? Uh, we had a cast of stars that rotated. It started off as Merton Hanks was my analyst nice. at the beginning. He fizzled out about midway <laughs> through the season. Um, then we had the great Artie Gigantino who stepped in. Okay. Uh, then our general manager from the Demons, Mike Preacher, did a couple games. Jim Leisenring, who also worked in the front office, came in. And, you know, we got to do what was, you know, the big game at the end, the million-dollar game down at the L.A. Coliseum where, unfortunately, the Demons fell short to the L.A. Extreme who won the only XFL championship. If I'm not mistaken, the quarterback of that team, let me hold on. Yes. I can remember okay. the great Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox was the, the, the quarterback for the L.A. Extreme. Former first-rounder by the Denver Broncos in, like, what, 92 or 3? Then he went on to have a, a great two-year run with the Steelers until he got uh, – Bamboozled by Ben Roethlisberger. And our San Francisco Demons were quarterbacked by two Cal guys. It started off as the Polish rifle, Mike Pulaski, but then he suffered what would end up being a career-ending injury to his neck, and he's still actually dealing with it. And then Pat Barnes took over as the starting quarterback and engineered the Demons' run to the XFL championship, the big game at the end. Um, we drew well. Over there at what well, well, at the time was Pac Bell Park. That's oh, where that's the right. Played. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I was looking, that park was so practically new. That's where they played. And maybe the novelty of the stadium had a little bit to do why the Demons drew so well. But we were the only team that did well. We averaged over 35,000 fans a game. And it was packed. I remember the first game. Now, the football was horrible at the start. It was bad football. Um, but... The, the opening game, it was oddly enough against the extreme at <laughs> Oracle Park, or what was at the time Pac Bell. And it came down to a guy named Mike Panasak who kicked the game winning field goal. And 38,000 plus were in San Francisco that day to see history. The, the thing I'll always remember from the XFL, then we can move off this because yeah. I'm sure everyone's riveted to oh, hear I about can, the I XFL. I could go on for back. a while. Um, it's Vince McMahon going on the field and doing the this. Is the XFL. That was the Las Vegas Outlaws. That was the opening night. I think they played the Chicago Hitmen, I want to say. <laughs> uh, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. What team was he hate me on? He hate me was on Vegas. Okay. Rod Smart was his name. Um, speaking of Vince McMahon, I got to tell you, that was the most intimidating man I have ever interviewed in my life. And we're big wrestling. We Rock Center are big wrestling And guys. so they would cycle people through, and so Vince would come through. And I'd have to interview some of these guys for pregame shows. They'd even come through the booth, like, during the game. Like, The Undertaker came on with me during the game, which I know you'd love. Oh, The Undertaker. He's a legend. But so I'm interview. I'm taping an interview with Vince McMahon pregame to air. Uh, we came on. I think we had, like, an hour pregame show even for the Demons. And I did, like, ten minutes with Vince. And I, it, it was, like, the most intimidating person. I had this piercing look that came from Vince the entire time. Like, he was like cutting out a hole in the back of my head. <laughs> and I like had chills. It was it was intimidating, I got to tell you. But he was very nice, cordial, had great things to say, but very intense. And then I interviewed for example his wife Linda. Couldn't Former have been, CEO. Could not have been a sweeter woman. Fantastic. Shane O'Mac came through, Shane McMahon. Here comes the money. Um, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H of course. The coolest thing though is I got to say Mr. Ass. <laughs> on, live, on live radio, because the one Billy Gunn, who was Mr. Ass, was his nickname. 
One half of the, uh, the New Age Outlaws. Yes. So, but they rotate all those guys through. It was unbelievable. It's uh, yeah. I'm a little. I'm very impressed you got to meet Vince. So, See? so it appears the face of the franchise, Ray, is getting a CC. So CC Sabathi is making his way over here to join us on A's Cast. And what a thrill this will be. Is Ray Fossey bringing him over? CC, how are you? Good to see you. Thank you. And thanks to Ray for making this possible. He is the pride of Vallejo, the pride of the 707. By the way, I got to tell you, CC Sabathia joining us here on A's Cast Live. Our good buddy, Ryan Drees, texted me. Oh, nice. Said, make sure you say hello to my dude. <laughs> that's my guy. I, it is. You and him go way back. We I, do. I went to college with him. Oh, nice. So that's, and we're still in touch all the time. I know you see him when you guys I go to Arlington. I talked to him all the time. Yeah, I talked to him last night. He's such a good dude. That's my guy. Yeah. How are you, you guys doing? looking up? Uh, uh, we, we're, so we were talking about the CFL, CFL a little bit. <laughs> Did you ever follow the CFL at all? Oh, no. Nobody no. watched Straight that. Straight NFL. Exactly. <laughs> we, we got off on a tangent, which we, we tend to do here. <laughs> but what's it like coming back home again, you know, get your family here? I know you had a lot of kids out here yesterday. Yeah. What's it like for you to be back? No, it's always fun to be able to come back, you know, being from Vallejo and, and having my whole family here. You know, we had 52 kids from the Boys and Girls Club here awesome. uh, yesterday. We've been doing that in every city, um, you know, my last year, um, you know, getting kids from the Boys and Girls Club. I grew up in the Boys and Girls Club, uh, had my first baseball experience here in this park with the mm -hmm. Boys and Girls Club. Do you so, remember that uh, day? Definitely. So, um, what stood out? Your first time here at the Coliseum, what stood out to you? Uh, seeing Ricky Henderson and, and Jose Canseco stretching the outfield. You know, it was like the coolest thing in, in the world to me. And, um, you know, just kind of went out, you know, came into the park and just kind of like lit up. Like, this is what I want to do. And, and uh, having that first experience with the Boys and Girls Club, I wanted to try to do that for some kids that still go to the club. And we've been able to do that in every city. It's been a lot of fun. And, and obviously coming home here to Vallejo, having my family here and, you know, my kids here, it's, it's, it's been great. It's been really special. Do you still get those chills, CC, walking into the stadium just because it has such an impact on you and your childhood? Yeah, for sure. Just driving up, you know, mm -hmm. just driving up to the stadium. And it's always different modes for me. You know, sometimes I could be driving up going to Oracle to watch the Warriors. I could be driving up to come here and watch my Raiders play. And sometimes I could be driving up to come here and get my butt kicked. So <laughs> <laughs> it's that, always different that feelings. rarely, rarely happens, believe <laughs> It's always different feelings pulling up to the Coliseum, but but they're always good mixed emotions for sure. You getting nostalgic at all in your final tour? No, I, you know what? I haven't been, man, and, and I want to like feel mm -hmm. something, but you know, us trying to win every day and, and go out and trying to win a championship, um, that's been the main focus. Um, the only thing I got really like you know, kind of like teary-eyed and like sad about was not being in the fantasy football league. This is my <laughs> last draft, <laughs> so I'm like I'm a little nervous about that, but. Uh, no, I mean it, it's it's been uh, it's been great, and and uh, just keeping my mind off, you know, it being my last year, and us trying to win every every day has been, it's been a lot of fun. Just came off the injury list. You you started recently, and you're going to pitch in L.A. this weekend. Mm -hmm. Any bittersweet though that you're not going to pitch here in this series? Have one last time to take them out here in you Oakland. See my ERA here. I'm so happy I'm not pitching. <laughs> Come on, pitchers love coming here with all the foul ground. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> so, no, I was happy when I, when I got to skip this place. A yeah. little bit different mentally when you're pitching here just because you have so many friends and family? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard place to pitch me because I, I look everywhere and there's somebody I know. You know what I mean? Like I'm warming, <laughs> CC, what's up, man? I'm warming up in the outfield there's somebody I know. I look over here at the third base line there's somebody I know. So, like, when I'm in this park and I'm pitching, the everybody here is, I feel like, from Vallejo. So, it makes it a little hard. For you, when you come back, how hard do you get hit for tickets? 
with like friends, family. Hey, I, I got to come check you out. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you know, that's just a part of it. You know, uh, <laughs> you draw the line anywhere? No, there's no <laughs> line to be drawn. So if it's two fifty, it's two fifty. If it's wow. Yeah, I mean, somehow there's, there's we been, got we got to get in the CC Sebastian. <laughs> there's been there's been there's been some high numbers for sure over the years, but it's been a lot of fun. Well, what's it been like with this group this year when you when you look at the offense and the way you guys are able to swing it? And this group having the best record in baseball, what's it been like to be with this ball club? It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously all the injuries that we've been through, um, you know, having guys come up and step up, you know, the Mike Talkman, Gio Urshela, you know, Domingo, her mom coming in, stepping up. You know, if you'd have told me we had the best record in baseball and, you know, two of our best pitchers, you know, Dylan uh, Batances and Luis Severino hadn't thrown a pitch this year, I'll tell you, crazy. So um, it's been fun to, to be around this group and to see how we've been, you know, persevering over all the injuries and, um, you know, just trying to keep going every day out and, and, and win a baseball game. You've been a lot of around a, a lot of great people in the game. Now that Aaron Boone's in his second year as your manager, have you seen a change in him? Because you knew him as the player. Yeah. Now you're playing for him. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch him. Uh, you know, kind of turn into this manager. It's, it's been uh, it's been great. Like I, like you said, I've known him. As, I knew him as a player, was a teammate of his, and we, you know we've been friends. You know that whole time. So. To see him as a manager, I always knew he could do it. Mm -hmm. um, to see him managing this club and doing it so well, um, you know, I definitely feel like I take some pride in that. It feels good. Now, I, I know you got thrown out of the game the other day, but <laughs> when you see a skipper like that, and Aaron has had to feel his way as a manager, but when you see him have everybody's back, mm -hmm. when he's out there fighting for you guys, what does that do for you, for everybody in the clubhouse? Oh, I mean, I think it, if you just look at it, it rallies us, you know, it rallies us, you know. And, you know, he went out on that and went on that rant and called us savages. <laughs> now we all wear savages t-shirts, you know what I'm saying? So we love it, you know. And, and I think, you know, players, you know, love when their manager has their back. And, and uh, you know, no, no matter what, you know, wrong or right, you know, you want your guy to have your back. CC Sabathia with us here on A's Cast Live, joining us here at the Coliseum as the A's and Yankees are playing tonight in game two of the series. When you were coming here, was Ricky always – was that the guy you wanted to see? Yeah, Ricky was always the guy. Uh, Mark McGuire because I play first base. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, really all those teams, you know, uh, late 80s, you know, through the mid-90s, um, you know, Carney Lansford, you know, uh, Walt Weiss, Mike Gallego. I can go around the diamond. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my squad. So, um, you know, really all of them. But uh, Ricky, Ricky was always my guy just because he was from here too. And that, that's always – he's had such an impact on everybody, mm -hmm. just because, like you said, being local. And, and Dave Stewart also mm -hmm. being the local guy. Were, were those the guys growing up in Vallejo that you looked up to that you wanted to emulate when you saw what, not just what they did on the field but off the field as well? Definitely Stu um, off the field. You know, watching what he did, um, you know, being in the community and stuff like that made me definitely want to give back. And, um, you know, he was always just a great role model. Obviously a bulldog out on the field, but – Always just a great role model in the community and, and somebody, you know, really that I wanted to follow and, you know, kind of the reason why I started my Pitch In Foundation. I know you got to get going. you got a game to get ready for, at least <laughs> warm up for. But let me ask you this. You've given so much back to the community, whether it's the Boys and Girls Club, all the kids you had. Why is it so important to you for to give back? Uh, just like I said at the beginning of the interview, my first experience was through the Boys and Girls Club coming to a baseball game. So, um, you know, if, if I can, you know, be that tool for some kid, um, you know, whether it's here or New York, um, you know, it's, it's all worth it, and, and it, you know, I feel an obligation to give back because without, you know, volunteers, you know, GVRD, Boys and Girls Club, you know, different things, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So 
um, hopefully I can do that for some kids, uh, you know, across the country. You're doing this next, aren't you? Uh, I want to. I know. No, you've got some training. I've I, seen you on listen, the get up in the morning. If I can wear, like, a, a Jordan tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the comfort, right? It's all about the comfort. Really appreciate the time, CeCe. Thanks for coming over. No problem. All right, I'm going to text that picture to Dries. <laughs> so, you see, you're, 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 your two boys are hanging out. <laughs> for sure. CC, sure. great. Thank you very Thank much. You guys, appreciate it. CC Sabathia joining us here on A's Cast Live at the Coliseum. Great to have him come by. And what an inspiration that CC is for the kids locally and to remember where he came from and how important it is to give back. And you see it, all the kids were here on last night. He had what? He just said, excess of 250 kids here on the field. And that's so great to see. So, wonderful man. Again, thanks for his time for coming over. And joining us here on A's Cast Live, big deal for us. And why wouldn't he come over, right? We're the number one downloaded podcast in Major League Baseball. So, of course, CC will want to be a part of it. All right, coming up on the show, we'll get into this matchup tonight. Book Shambi will join us in 10 minutes. Roxy Bernstein with the A's Cast Live from the Coliseum. You're on. Now back to A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Our thanks again to the legendary CC Sabathia. For joining us here on A's Cast Live, the Vallejo native. What an awesome dude. He really is. And such a great representative. Whether it's of the city of Vallejo, of baseball players anywhere. And wonderful that he gives back. And he's got got a spot in Cooperstown. I was literally just going to ask you, do you think he's a Hall of Fame? Yeah, I do. I mean, look at his success. And he... And the longevity that he's had. And he's, he isn't the pitcher, clearly, that he was 10 years ago. But he was a dominant pitcher. There was a few years there where he was just unhittable. And he took the ball whenever he was asked to take it. What, what are his career numbers? So in his career, he's two, he has a 251 wins, 160 okay. losses, a 3.73 ERA. He's won a Cy Young, a World Series, is a six-time All-Star. He has 3,000 strikeouts. The 3,000 strikeouts and Big. 250 Big. wins. And a left-hander. He, he's going in the Hall of Fame. I'm th- if Mike Messina got him never winning a, a Cy Young or, or 300 games or anything, I, I think that CeCe's a shooter. I, I know you don't necessarily value the win, but how many times is he a 20-game winner? Well, I what do I always remember CC from? Remember that year at the Brewers where he carried them on his back? Yes, yes. He won they 20 picked ga- him up at the deadline. He won 20 games once and it was Only 2010 once. with the Yankees. But a part of the Black Aces with – I know that he takes a lot of pride in the, the African-American pitchers, which Dave Stewart, Dontrell Willis are a part of, Bob Gibson that have won 20 games. And he's had just a magnificent career. And it's remarkable, not just, again, what he does on the field, but off the field as well. And for the community, and what a fantastic ambassador he is. And we can't thank him enough for joining us here on A's Cast Live and also to the face of the franchise, Ray Fossey for making that happen. A's and Yankees tonight here at the Coliseum. Game two of the series. Mike Fires goes for the A's against Jay Happ. So the lefty going for the Yankees, who it's been a rough road for Happ lately. It's not pitched well. And the A's have to look, I think, to capitalize on that and take advantage of a guy that's been struggling a little bit. So, And the A's tinkering with the lineup tonight, so loading it up with some right-handed bats. For example, Corbin Joseph not in the starting lineup, so you'll have Jerickson Profar at second base. Chad Pinder's going to be in left field. So a bit of an adjustment for Bob Melvin. We'll see. But last night certainly was a statement from the A's to come out like they did and perform and swing the bats, especially early against Domingo Herman, who was 16-2 going into the game last night. 
And the A's, who are now a half game back with Tampa Bay's win earlier today, but if the A's win tonight, they'll move back into a tie and be percentage points ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. And the A's, a game and a half behind the Indians for the top wild card spot. Houston winning last night, but let's face it, they're playing the Tigers, so they're going to win as long as they show up at the ballpark. Um, A's eight games behind the Houston Astros, but two really good starts in a row for Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey, who pitched tremendously across the bay in San Francisco against the Giants in his last start then last night, looked a little shaky in the first inning, gave up that bomb to Gary Sanchez. That ball was destroyed. But then he navigated through traffic the rest of the night. The pitch count was getting elevated. That's something the Yankees do. And the Yankees really make you pitch to that zone. And they work the count. And they challenge you to throw strikes and beat them. And it was a struggle, but he didn't walk anybody. And that's the other thing, though. The A's didn't walk a batter last night. That's what the Yankees do. They work the count. They really make you labor out there on the mound. And, yeah, he had to gut it out. But he only gave up the one run. And so Bailey struck out a season-high tying eight. Five and two-thirds innings for Homer Bailey last night. It's 11th win. And another solid start for Homer Bailey when pitching here in the Bay Area. It's been the two starts outside the Bay Area where he struggled, but he's been really good here, and he was really good last night. And then the A's jumped on Herman in the bottom of the first. Matt Olson ripped that ball down the line into the seats and right. They go back-to-back with Mark Canna hitting a home run as well, extending a hitting streak to five games. And Marcus Simeon continued his toward play. He was terrific last night. So the A's get the win, taking game one of this series from the Yankees. And right now, the A's are 4-1 in this homestand, which looked daunting when you had the Astros, the Yankees, and then the Giants coming in to wrap it up. A's cast live here at the Coliseum. And our special guest, oh none other than the legend, John Shambi, yeah. as Buster Olney calls you on the podcast every time. Hi, Book. How are you, buddy? I'm good. You got an all-star lineup, huh? Who else? Was you, was, was CC on? You have CC. CC was up? hitting leadoff. All right. Now you. All right. Matt Chapman's coming up. Jeez. AJ Puck. I better get on base for Chapman, huh? He can All drive right. you in. Fair enough. And then Sutcliffe's and coming Sut, later. Sut is going to be the closer. Save I think. the gas bag for last. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to see you in the good Bay to see Area. You. It's uh, man, it's fun to come out here and get a chance to watch this team in person. You know, like last year. I did the wild card game on ESPN Radio, and I did not had not seen the A's live. It was just one of those weird things, um, and so you know, getting a chance to to watch this team on TV is one thing. And I had seen them a bunch last year on TV, just because I'm a I'm a dork. I'm but right I, there with you. <laughs> but um, to see them in person is is different, and it's impressive what they they've been able to do this year and last year, to be honest. You've known Bob Melvin for a long time. Mm. And the, the praise from all around baseball certainly is there for Bob. Look, a three-time manager of the year. But what have you noticed, Boog, over the years in him that the quality was able to get the most out of teams? It's about the players. He makes it about the players. He is not interested in the spotlight being on himself. I think that there's a directness as well. You know, one of the things that's talked about is his willingness and ability to have direct conversations with guys, to tell them the truth, but to do it in a way that is, you know, I, I think from a tone standpoint, digestible. And that's, I think that's really the, the main thing. But look, he's got, 
he has baseball street cred. You know what I mean? As a guy who, who played, who coached, and the, I think the players just look at it and feel as though he has their back. So I think that all those things, but he's not scared to have the tough conversation, that's for sure. And with this group that he has assembled, and it's, okay, every few years the A's kind of put a group together, and we saw it 12, 13, and 14. Now this group made the playoffs last year, and here they are again knocking on the door. When you watch this team, what what's the first thing that jumps out to you about the A's? I think that the, the first place that I go is is the ability to catch the ball. I mean, I you know, like last night, Bailey pitched great, and, you know, he's he hasn't so far this year struck people out at a very high rate. The A's – don't strike people out, and especially when you consider today's game, how many strikeouts are, as I like to say, available. And they're 27th, I think, in the league in strikeout rate, 29th in starter strikeout rate. So you got to be able to take the ball that's in play and turn it into outs. And I mean to tell you, look, I know that you guys probably get tired of it, but for us not seeing them in person, just in one game, game watching the two guys in the corner last night to watch Chapman take a routine ground ball at third with his heels on the back of the grass and throw that laser to first at one hops and you have Olsen that looks like he's you know seven feet five inches with the (laughs) arms and the pick and then the three six one double play which will probably be the nicest double play that I see turned the entire year where he's coming at the ball you can already see he has decided I am going to second and then Simeon on a play it's not easy to hit a moving target and fires to first Petit gets over the, the ability to catch the ball is the thing that that jumps out they were very good by the metrics last year you know I, I'm always interested to see how a team performs by the eye test, but then also where they rank. Last year, they were one of the elite teams. You know, by by the numbers, they've dropped in terms of defensive run save, not defensive efficiency, but I, they stop people from scoring, and they stop people from scoring because they, they catch it so well, and, and that's the thing that I that I start with with them. You mentioned Simeon. Is John Chabi with us here at Ace Cast Live. Have you seen a player just improve as drastically? as Because a few years ago, it looked like he didn't want the ball hit to him at times. And now he has become a vacuum cleaner there, and he's getting the balls that a lot of shortstops in baseball don't get to. And he worked hard. And it's look, it's a confluence. I don't know him. I know what's said about Marcus Simeon and um, the work ethic is one of the first things. You know, Bob Melvin yesterday said he's a really good self-evaluator, which is something I don't think you'd say – about most players. I think the majority of baseball players and athletes are bad self-evaluators. I think you kind of have to be just to kind of live in an alternate reality so that you keep your confidence high, etc. But um, he has improved so much and turned into now, you know, an outstanding two-way player. This is his best offensive season, and it's not it's not close. But I, I just to, the willingness to work and then – I think it's a good example of how an organization and a player, it works together. Look, they didn't have someone to replace him. So that's part of how he survived through all this. But hard work and their patience and the combination of a team's faith in a player and him making the most of the opportunity, that's how we arrived to where we are. So I think both sides deserve credit. But he's, man, he's a really good player. And stuff like that, there's an element of it that's just kind of, the story's kind of cliched, kind of corny, you know, like be patient, take your time, work, 
and you'll get there. And he did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 oh, yeah. the thing that gets talked about a ton. But man, did he did he earn it? And he's a really good player. And the left side of that. And look, let's be real. Chapman playing next to him certainly helps him defensively, as I like to point out. Derek Jeter never won a Gold Glove before Alex Rodriguez was playing to his right. Okay, it doesn't. I mean, whatever you. Th- but that's just real. You have another guy. You can position yourself in a different way. Um, I, he's he's made the most of his chance. I just I think he's an excellent player. There's a lot of good shortstops defensively in the American League. Andrelton Simmons has been hurt for a lot of the year. You look at what the two-way player Lindor is in Cleveland. But do you look at him now, Simeon, as an elite shortstop in the game? I think it's hard because of what you, you – ta- there are just so many of them. You know, the, the the one guy that, from an offensive standpoint, that's turned into a monster is Bogarts. He is not the defender that Simeon or Lindor are. And then I, I think if, if we were to be fair, there are so many good shortstops right now, and if there's one guy that doesn't get the love – in terms of being in the class of all the elite shortstops, it would be Trevor Story, in my opinion, because he is one of the fastest guys out there. He is a brilliant defender, and he has massive power. And because he plays in Colorado, we don't talk about it and we undersell uh, the offense. But, I, yeah, I think he's, you know, if there's a group of, say, eight of them, yes, I think that Simeon's probably in that group. John Shambi with us from ESPN. He'll have the national TV call tonight with Eduardo Perez and Rick Sutcliffe of the A's and Yankees. Game two of this series, and for the A's to be in this spot, Boog, when you look at the injuries they've dealt with now, Loriano's on the injured list, but they're really as healthy as they've been all year. But coming out of spring with a rotation of Mike Fires, Brett Anderson, Chris Bassett, um, the acquisitions of Homer Bailey and Tanner Roark, would you have figured that this group would be right back where they were a year ago? No, but it's one of those weird things with injuries. The Yankees have dealt with a lot of injuries, and they've been able to thrive, albeit with a payroll that is you know, substantially greater. But I do think that at times we, we forget in terms of uh, – you know, the player's ability to step up, and some guys get motivated by the chance or by the the hole left by another player, and it's so difficult to predict. Um, I, I'm surprised that as a group they've been able to pitch the way they pitch because they've done they've done a really good job. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of floored. And then the other part that's just sort of weird, and I think there's just I think it's just random, but. June 1st, man, at it, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, June 1st comes and this team hits the go switch. You look at since June 1st on, last year and this year combined, they have the best record in baseball. And then, okay, so who are the other teams? Yeah, just the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Yankees, basically the three best teams in the sport, and Oakland. Those are the teams from June 1st to the end of the year, the last two years combined, that have been best. And it's, it's hard to figure, but there is – there is something, you know, there's an article on The Athletic uh, by Andy McCullough. Yeah. Just kind of how have the A's been able to do it? I think you can ask the same question in terms of the Rays with all these pieces together and, and how do they manage to do it. And I don't, Andy, the, the piece was great. I don't think Andy got any closer to figuring out how they've been <laughs> able to do it, though. Hey, they, mean, ma- they made a movie about this and people still don't know what's going on. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. John Shavi with us here on A's Cast Live. A's and Yankees. All right, so you're getting to see this team really for the first time with your eyes. And 
you talked about the defense jumping out at you, but offensively, this is a group that still is able to put up runs despite the struggles of Chris Davis. And at some point you think, Boog, that he's got to start hitting. The track record is there. This is a guy who's hit 40 or more home runs each of the last three seasons. Yeah, I, I would guess so. I mean, the, the one part of it, and you guys have, have lived it, the thing that's sort of scary with Chris Davis is, you know, look, some guys, this is not like the NBA. In the NBA, if a guy goes out and plays the same amount of minutes every year, a guy who averages 20, 10, and 5 in 37 minutes doesn't go out and play 37, 37 minutes one random year and average 15, 4, and 1. It just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? But in this sport, it does from time to time. The only thing is, is that Chris Davis hit 10 homers his first 17 games of the year. So he got off to this great start, and then this has happened. I will tell you this, and this is not a a slight on Chris Davis. I'll start with I I do think that he will start hitting because he's been a really good player. But I would get at why are they able to sustain um, his struggles because in today's game, I think the ball factors in. I think how guys are trying to hit slug is how you you know you score but there's slug available all over the place the on base is the thing that has gotten to be a little more cost prohibitive and so the point being okay so their slugger isn't slugging but you know you get a home run from you know uh from corbin joseph in a big spot or you get a home run from or a bunch of home runs from Canna when you're not. The point being that there, there's replacement slug, I think, available in different spots. I think if, if you were trying to replace a high OBP guy whose on-base percentage was 100 points lower, I think that might submarine the offense a little bit more. That's my nerd take on it. Speaking of your nerd take mm. on it, we, we've talked endlessly about the baseball. Yeah. And what's your feeling do you think there's something different? Yeah, there's. well, there is something different. And, and I, I think what's hard is, I, and I've actually had baseball people, hey, so-and-so, what, what's your take on why he's hitting more homers than we've ever seen? And I've had guys say, yeah, the ball. I've had, I mean, just wh- why is this guy finally, his power finally developed? And some people have said the ball. Here's the part of this that I think is interesting. So, look, the data shows – the ball's different. The ball is carrying more. They're going to eventually, you know, get you more empirical evidence uh, to that end. But a little bit like steroids, the thing I get a little agitated with is all we do is view it through the prism of offense, offense, offense. So with steroids, when we think steroids, what's the first thing you think of? Home runs. But the pitchers took steroids as well, and they obviously were using it in a manner to be able to recover and throw harder. And so, uh, long-winded answer, but my one thing, as well as how far is the ball going or how much farther is the ball going, we need to study what's it doing or not doing movement-wise. So how much has it changed in terms of the composition of it, the drag? All we talk about is how it's flying. Run scoring is not up in some exponential way. Home runs are up. And nobody leaves the ballpark, in my opinion, saying, Man, you know the problem with tonight's game? They hit too many homers. (laughs) Nobody says that. So it'd be one thing if we were seeing a ton of homers and the games were were 12-11 every night, but they're not. But, again, so my point is 
I think they need to examine as well. How's it affecting the pitchers? Is it bothering the sinkers? Is it bothering the splitters? I don't know the answer to that. But I, I think you would have to figure that if in some way the composition of the baseball is different and thus bat-to-ball striking means the ball goes farther, I think it's safe to assume coming out of the pitcher's hand, if the composition of the ball is different on the outside and on the inside, that it'll come out of the hand differently as well. I just, I'd like to see that looked at also. The other thing that I was talking to A's pitching coach, Scott Emerson, about this, and he thinks the bats are a little bit different also. They're nope. made better. So, if you look, I mean, this is, I, I just uh, texted with someone from the league office, and if you go back to 2008, multi-part bat shatterings, if you go back to 2008, they're down almost 100%. Wow. So, it, so in 2008, they experienced a, a breaking, a bat breaking in terms of like an explosion of bat breaking. So it's not perfect, but a basically one a game, and it's down to like point one a game. So the, the, there is no question that what has taken place is the standards are a lot, a, a lot higher. I mean, look, you're an old man, and you've talked to enough of the guys. Thanks, Boog. You, hey, I'm just keeping it real. I'm, I'm an older man, but I, but the point being, all these guys who talk about yeah. back when we used ash, who uses ash? Nobody uses ash anymore. No one. Mm-hmm. They all use maple. They're, mm-hmm. they're basically using, like, a, you know, a telephone pole to swing. So, <laughs> at this point, it's like yeah. like the old the, cartoon. So, What's, that's right. Yeah. The Bugs Bunny cartoon, yeah. right? So the so so in the end, yeah, the bats the bats yeah. are affecting things as well, no doubt. Well, we should have another good one tonight. Gorgeous day, you know. That's what you come out to California for, right? This this weather is awesome. Although I am I am definitely being sunburned right now. Do you guys have, anybody have any sun? sun we got it right here for you. Where, right. Here we go. We we, we come prepared wow, here at Ace Cast awesome. Live. I love this. Well, right. a man who's made my career. Yeah. He leaves a job I literally take. You it. It's happened to. That's not you leave the Marlins. I took your job. You left the Diamond Head. I, I've been on the Diamond Head ever since. <laughs> All right, where, where can I where can I piggyback off you next? I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you. You take a weekend off from Sunday Night Baseball. I get to sit in the chair. See? All right. Well, I'll 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 go fake the stomach flu in five <laughs> minutes, and we'll we'll sort it out. Oh, you have to do this game, don't you? I'm we doing tomorrow's tra- game. Okay. I All was right. gonna say we could trade. Like go. Yeah. You want right. to hang with Ray? Sure. All right. All right. It's, it's, the other thing is, Cody, I joke, it's a good thing he did beat my wife first. That's all I'm going to say. Boo, great to see you. Easy. Okay, pal. All right, bud. The great John Shambi, the legend John Shambi, joining us here on A's Cast Live. We continue from Ricky Henderson Field, the A's and the Yankees tonight here at the Coliseum on A's Cast. Broadcasting from the town, A's Cast Live continues. A's Cast Live from Ricky Henderson Field. A's and Yankees, game two of this series tonight. J-Hap, the lefty goes for New York, 10-7. and seven, Against Mike Fires, who's 11-3. and three. And Fires, who did have to battle his way through that last start against the Astros on that sweltering night here at the Coliseum to start off this homestand. A record-setting night where there were 10 home runs hit, five by the A's, five by... The Houston Astros in that ball game, and so Mike Fires will get the ball tonight. It's warm, but it's not like unseasonably warm like that night was. This will be a, a comfortable night. This will be a great night to so come on out to the Coliseum at a good, energetic crowd here last night, and it should be the same tonight. It's funny. Do you, do you see some of the uh, 
comments that came from the Yankees TV booth last night? Like, I guess on the air, I didn't hear it, but I'm just going off secondhand and some social media. If it's on the internet, it, it must, must be, be true. true. Yeah. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, but evidently, Michael Kay, who's the TV voice for the, the Yankees on the Yes Network, he's doing the job with David Cohn last night. Uh, they were complaining about everybody in right field last night and the drums and the horns, and they were saying it's worse than Cleveland. So kudos to right field Will and and everybody out in the bleachers out there in right field and left field as well for making it unpleasant as possible for the Yankees, right? We want to make them uncomfortable. And right field Will and, and the gang, they did the job last night. And the, the drum brigade out there on the horns, you know? I saw it gets uh, under the Yankee skin a little bit. It's the, good. The one actor from the, is it the Longest Yard, um, he, have you ever seen the Longest The one with Adam Sandler. The, the, okay, the, the remake. The remake. The one with Adam Sandler, um, he's uh, the – Turturro? Yes. Okay. He, he's a he, put a fan, yeah. he, he put a thing up on Twitter yesterday, and he was like, I also keep hearing th during the entire game, dun, 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 dun. And he was, like, complaining about it. I was like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> Come on out. See it in person. Let's go. So hoping to get Matt Chapman over here shortly as he is in the cage right now taking BP as his group is rotating through. But, you know, it was a lot to celebrate last night and cheer about because, you know, you're, you're taking on a team that's the best – team in baseball you're taking on the Yankees and A's had a national television audience last night on ESPN with Boog Eduardo Perez and Rick Sutcliffe on the call last night they have the game again tonight and it's a chance for the A's to, to put on a show on, on on national TV and they did and also to it's the first time the A's have seen the Yankees since the wildcard game from last year and so you got to make a statement last night and the A's clearly I thought did and you know, the Yankees get on the board in the first inning, and Gary Sanchez hits the home run, and you're going okay. And Homer Bailey had to pitch around some traffic and some base runners there in the first inning. But then you come back in the bottom of the first, and, and Matt Olson got everything going. Ignited the A's with, with a two-run homer and the back-to-back the -back with Canna, who had the shot out to right center field. And the A's put a three-spot up on the board, and that was a great answer there in the first inning. For the A's to do that, Against the against the Yankees and the A's had a three to one lead. They would add to it and continue to keep the lead. And Homer Bailey pitched tremendously last night. The bullpen did an outstanding job. And Liam Hendricks shut the door, and the A's walked out with a six to two win over the New York Yankees, taking Game One of the series. And we're joined now by Matt Chapman here on A's Cast Live. Matt, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, what's course. going on? Not much. Just finished up BP. What's going on? Before we get started here, I know Players Weekend's coming up. It's a big deal for you in this weekend with what's going to be in the back of your jersey. But I have to show you your last jersey. That's my kid. Nice. So now you're going to force me to buy a new one. I am. I'm you just, are. I'm, I'm literally just moving product for the A's. That's a good thing, though, be, right? I should get paid. I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do get paid, but you should get paid more. You should pay me more. Tell exactly. Me. So this week, in case you haven't heard the news, Matt Chapman on Players Weekend, your jersey will feature the name of Hurtado in honor of your late teammate from Cal State Fullerton, Nick Hurtado, and proceeds from the sale of all the Chapman Hurtado jerseys will benefit Nick's high school alma mater, the baseball program at Santiago High School in Corona, California. Shirts will be on sale the weekend. It's Players Weekend this weekend. And where did the idea come from to do this and pay homage to your friend? 
Uh, I mean, the cha I had done Chappie a couple years, two mm -hmm. years now, I think. Maybe just one, actually. But um, I, I kind of wanted to switch it up, and I was trying to think of something that, you know, was meaningful to me. And then it kind of just hit me one day um, that I, I thought it would be a good idea to put Nick's name on the back of my jersey. And it was always a dream of his to make it to the major leagues, and unfortunately that dream was cut short. But... Uh, you know, there's other ways to uh, honor somebody, and uh, his his jersey will forever have played a Major League Baseball game. So to me, I thought that was pretty damn cool. When, when you told his family that you were going to do this, what was their reaction, Matt? Uh, I, his mom cried. Um, you know, she she was just super, you know, happy and blessed, and just uh, she just thought it was cool that I thought of Nick. Um, but I mean, it was easy for me. I mean, Nick uh, taught me and my friends a lot. Um, you know, at a young age, about. Just, uh, you know, kind of put life in perspective for us. You know, that's one of the things that I've been through as a, you know, when I was a young kid that made me realize that, you know, there's a lot more to life than baseball, um, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes because <laughs> it pretty much consumes my life and, you know, makes all every decision I make. I'm thinking about baseball, but, uh, you know, it puts things in perspective that, you know, you can't take things for granted. Life can always get cut short and. I think it'll just make me, uh, it makes me appreciate where I'm at more because sometimes I get so caught up in the, you know, the future of baseball and what, what's going to happen to me in the future and what, I'm, what am I going to do or numbers or wh what's going to happen or things like that instead of just slowing down and kind of taking a step back and, you know, appreciating where you've come and how far you've come. So things like that is really how he helped me. And I'm still working on it, but I think to honor him would be awesome. Matt Chapman with us here on A's Cast Live and the impact that you're having with his family and trying to do this and help out at the good cause as well. But what are some of the other things that you remember about Nick? Yeah. I know you, you really want to talk about him and just yeah. what he meant to you. What are some of the other great memories you have of your friend? Um, some of the, some of the best memories uh, that I have uh, with Nick uh, were off the baseball field. Uh, Cause a lot of the baseball field for him was grinding, trying to get back into playing. He never, got fully back to playing so for him it was always work but outside the baseball field uh those are some of the best memories i have with him like when we uh just being college kids you know just uh whether it was you know all you know hanging out after practice or you know going out and going to a party on a friday night or going and you know going to a concert um things like that uh we i've been we went to some concerts we went to we did a bunch of things together so Things like that that got it, you know, got his mind off of the situation that he was in, um, and we necessarily weren't even really thinking about doing that to get his mind off. It was just mm -hmm. us being friends and us going out and doing things and having fun and just kind of being dumb kids and just like <laughs> going through the college experience together, you know, uh, all the fun things and just uh, just the, the things that you know I want to share to people about him was just his personality. You know, if you if you didn't know what he was going through. Um, you, you probably wouldn't know, you know, he wasn't out there, you know, telling everybody what was going on. Obviously he told us and our teammates and family and stuff, but he was just another guy and just, uh, he always had a good energy. Uh, he had a good personality. He was always making people laugh. Uh, he was just like the nicest guy. He, he had a, he just had a really good personality to light up a room. And I feel like, uh, you know, that's something I want to carry on. He was always just positive no matter what the situation was. And, even when he had his uh, stuff going on, you know, he was somebody we could go to with our own problems, and he would help us out. Just uh, a very humble guy from a humble family, and uh, I think that uh, to honor him, he's going to be watching down, and he's going to be uh, pretty happy. With what he was going through, did it bring you as a team at Cal State Fullerton closer together? Because you played yeah. with some great players, with Michael Lorenzen, right, J.D. Davis. Davis. Yeah. 
And did it bring you guys closer together in, as teammates? Yeah, um, we we were aware of the situation. Obviously, my freshman year when it is when he got he was battling back from cancer, and then cancer came back again. Um, and then our sophomore year um, in 2013, we had a really really good team. We were 51 and eight, Oof. and we were you know number three in the country, I think. And we thought, and then Nick ended up uh, he ended up passing away. Uh, after one of our games uh, against Oregon, um, and we were 10-0 and at the time, I think, and then we lost that next game. Uh, and then we ended up losing another game, and then we went on to win like 10 more straight. And we thought that uh, one of the hardest things we ever had to do was go to his funeral in uniform uh, and then play a game that next night, or oh the gosh. same night. But, um, I mean, that's how we would have wanted to, that's how we would have wanted it. Um, so we... Again, no sad stuff. But, uh, <laughs> he, uh, our team that year, we became really close. Uh, we, you know, they named the bullpen after Nick. Still mm -hmm. is. Yep. We were, we wore the the patch on our jersey. We are always praying and thinking about Nick. Um, and then, we we thought we were going to win Omaha for him. We thought it was our year. You know, we were fifty one and destiny. eight. We were fifty one and eight going into the Super Regionals, playing at home against UCLA. We hadn't lost a series all year. Um, and we ended up losing that series. You know, UCLA, you know, went on to win the World Series. Mm -hmm. So, you know, tip your cap to them. They beat us fair and square. But I thought it was going to be our year. But regardless, um, that was just a, a, an amazing year that I'll never forget. It's probably the most fun I've ever had uh, playing baseball. You know, those that freshman and sophomore year, um, you know, with Nick and that team. And we just had brought us so close. And, you know, we all have been through so much together. And I think we're all still really close from that, you know my best friends in the whole world are still from that team. So I think we're really close because of it. You get a sense, and just being around this clubhouse, that there's some similarities between your Fullerton teams and what you guys have here in Oakland? For sure. It feels, it feels a lot like that to me. You know, maybe I'm just blessed to be on good teams um, because I, in high school it was like that for me. In college mm -hmm. it was like that for me. It was always about winning, always team guys, always good guys. I like to have fun, joke around, keep it loose and but when you got on the field you know they left it all out there and they played to win and I think that's all you can ask um, and the same thing here in Oakland you know kind of reminds me of Fullerton we don't have all the fancy things we don't have the flashy stuff we're not a big school so we kind of have a little chip on our shoulder and we go in there and you know we everything we get we earn so I love being in that environment it reminds me a ton of my high school and Fullerton mm -hmm. and the group of guys we have just hard workers guys that you know get after it grind and they're uh they're not scared of anything, and they're they're ready to fight, ready to compete. So, uh, the, this team we have now has all the characteristics of a winning team. It's funny you say the comparison, Matt, between Cal State Fullerton and the A's because of the tradition. There's an mm -hmm. unbelievable tradition of baseball collegiately where you played, and then you look at this organization. It's one of the proudest franchises and one of the historic franchises in baseball. Mm -hmm. For sure. And they're, they're, I, I see what you're getting now with the comparison between the two. And you mentioned your high school days. Okay, everybody knows Nolan Arenado played with you. But then, did you miss Austin Romine? Yeah, he. So when he was a senior, I was in eighth grade, and mm -hmm. we used to, when school would get out, run over there and watch the El Toro games, and they'd all be playing, and you know they were legit. Was Romine we the dude yeah, then? Yeah. So he was the catcher, and I remember going to the games and watching those games, and then my dad would show up and take me home. But it was, uh, it was cool. Uh, it was, uh, you know, there's a good tradition of baseball everywhere that I've been, and I've just been, you know, super lucky to be able to come from that kind of baseball background well again you can get the jerseys this weekend matt chapman honoring his 
close friend and former teammate at Cal State Fullerton. Hurtado will be the back on the back of his nickname jersey on Players Weekend this weekend. Proceeds again of the sale of the Chapman Hurtado jerseys will benefit Nick's high school alma mater, which is Santiago High School in Corona, California. And again, they'll be on sale throughout the weekend. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Matt, awesome. Matt Chapman joining us here on A's Cast Live at the Coliseum. Here is the A's and the Yankees will hook up again tonight. All right, you want to talk about an all-star lineup? Townie's going to be pissed, isn't he? He's going to be mad. We let off with CC Sabathia, then Boog Shambi, Matt Chapman, A.J. Puck hopefully coming up. We'll have Rick Sutcliffe. Come on, Townie, top that. See what happens when he's gone? Jim Bowden comes on the show. Maybe when we get him on from Canada, Okay. Gruden will be on the phone with him. Or maybe it'll be Frank Caliendo. Uh, I actually heard, uh, so I'm driving up here. I'll, I'll just tell this real quick. I was driving uh -huh. up here today. Yeah. And I hear um, on a different, sta on, a, on a station, um, I'll just say it was Papa. Greg Papa say that John Gruden and John Madden are coming up together. And I'm like, wow, that's a big get for Papa. Men in the fences with the Raiders, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I found out later on it was actually Frank Caliendo doing both. But, so, you, but you were fooled. I was fooled, yeah. yeah. Just like just like with that video you showed me where he called in the Dan, Dan Patrick, Patrick show. <laughs> that was pretty good. A's cast live from the field here at the Coliseum. The A's of the Yankees, one hour down, one to go. Fires against Hap. Your pitching matchup tonight on A's cast. A's cast live continues from the Coliseum. This is A's cast live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. He does. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. We kick off our number two of A's Cast Live from Ricky Henderson Field, the Coliseum, on this beautiful Wednesday evening in Oakland. Roxy Bernstein with you. We had CeCe Sabathia join us last hour, Matt Chapman, Bouchambi, now joined by... A.J. Puck joining us, who just was recently called up, getting a taste of the big leagues. First off, welcome. Thanks for joining us here on Ace Cast Live. So far, have you had time to catch your breath with all that's gone on the last 24 to 48 hours? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been able to settle in. Uh, all the guys have been great. Uh, welcome me into the clubhouse, and, uh, and I was excited to get this going. Well, you, you got a taste of it here in the ballpark last night. Didn't get in. I know you're chomping the bits yeah. to get in. <laughs> but what was it like for you yesterday, just – Coming into a major league clubhouse, really, for, uh, you were there obviously in spring training, but mm -hmm. for the first time in a major league game and a meaningful game with this team in the pennant race. Uh, yeah, you know, it was great. You know, it's what you uh, dream of your whole life. You know, it's what you work for. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it. What, what's your deal been like, AJ, to come back from the injury and how hard you've had to work to get to this point? Just take us through the last 15, 16 months of what you've had to deal with. Uh, yeah, you know, when I found out I had to you know, get Tommy John, you know, and I was used frustrated because, you know, I thought I had a chance to, you know, be up with the team last year. But, uh, you know, it, it happened, you know, I just took it, just took it how it was and, uh, you know, just set my goals to this year and uh, I'm happy that everything worked out. Did you have some frustration along the way when you were trying to come back from that? 
Uh, you know, not too bad. You know, I kind of just accepted it. You know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I just took it one day at a time and just focused on my goals throughout my rehab to make sure everything uh, heals properly. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, grateful for this opportunity. AJ Puck with us here in Ace Cast Live. Is there anybody you leaned on at all for advice? Because let's face it, that's like the modern day surgery. Pitchers deal with that and they come back from it all the time. And you're coming back now from that. But any guys that you leaned on that have been through that could help you, uh, guide you through what you were trying to bounce back from? Uh, yeah, you know, I had a, you know, like you said, it's a pretty common surgery now. So I had a ton of buddies that have been through it. And, uh, you know, we had a good group of guys in uh, AZ rehab. You know, I had uh, Heath Donica. He's a. Uh, he was in the minor leagues. He had the surgery day after I did, and we kind of went through the whole thing, whole mm -hmm. process together. And, uh, you know, Kendall Graveman, he was there for, you know, about my first half of it, so he's always a good dude to lean on to. So. Dalton Jeffries, was he another one? Yeah, Jeffries, yeah, Jeffries, uh, Caprillion, uh, <laughs> a ton of guys, like I said. You know, I had some other buddies from different organizations, too, that went through it, and, you know, he kind of – kind of nice to have you know like oh like you feeling this in your arm like is that normal and they're like yeah so it kind of eases your mind as you go through it was there a point aj when you're coming back that you felt okay i've, I've arrived again that all the the work you put in the struggles that you went through to come back and that okay you cleared a hurdle and you're ready to go uh yeah no i think uh there's a lot of hurdles throughout the uh, tommy john you know just starting from like day one of catch kind of like oh, okay like hey i can i can throw a ball again uh, you know, from, you know, start working on your changeup, your, your breaking pitches, uh, you know, especially I think uh, probably my first game in uh, Stockton rehab, you know, I threw and everything felt good. It's kind of like, all right, like we can do this. So mm -hmm. you're sitting in the bullpen last night. You got some veteran guys down mm -hmm. there, right? That's seen a lot, whether it's Soria, whether it's Petit, whether it's Trinan. Liam Hendricks, are, are you picking their brain during the course of the game, how they may attack a hitter? Are those some of the things that run through your mind to ask them? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they've all been helpful. You know, they all say if I have any questions, ask them. You know, they've been great. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of taking a deep breath, trying to stay relaxed, you know, and just uh, wait for uh, my opportunity to get in the game. Something pretty cool about, okay, stepping on a major league field for the first time in a major league ballpark and seeing that team across the way, the Yankees. Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, the great, uh, great history in that organization. And, uh, you know, you grow up watching them and, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Who was your team growing up? Uh, my favorite team was uh, the Cardinals. Any particular guys that you really gravitated toward? We had CeCe Sabathia on earlier. He mentioned Ricky Henderson and, and Mark McGuire. Those are the guys that he really looked up to. Who are the guys that you looked up to when you were growing up? Uh, growing up being a Cardinals fan, you know, they have, uh, you know, Chris Carpenter, mm -hmm. Adam Wainwright, uh, you know, Pujols, you know, so I'll be pretty excited to, you know, face him against uh, and play the Angels, but uh, hopefully. But uh, so, you know, I mean, a lot of guys, so. You had an amazing run in the University of Florida, mm -hmm. and then you get drafted by the A's with his sixth overall pick. When that draft was taking place and you saw the Oakland A's, A.J. Puck, what, what was the first thing that ran through your mind? Uh, you know, like that's, uh, that's another one of the dreams that you have growing up. You know, it's uh, the reason why I wanted to go to college, you know, to hopefully uh, put myself in that position, and I was uh, lucky that I did. I've talked to Aaron Rodgers about this when he was drafted in the NFL draft, and he was a guy that was known for being frustrated. You could see it on his face sitting in the draft room when he fell all the way to 24. And he was, and I remember one of the first questions that anybody asked him, AJ, was his reaction. And he said, there's 23 teams that are going to pay for this. <laughs> and they've been paying ever since. Yeah. There's five teams that, look, a lot of people had you pegged as the number one overall pick yeah. and the top prospect. 
Do you think about that at all in the, the five teams that you're going to make people pay for maybe not drafting you when they had the chance and the A's took you when they were when their opportunity was at six? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's always in the back of your head. But, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, just, you know, I just worry about my, you know, myself, get myself better. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, all the questionnaires I filled out, I remember cleaning out my mm -hmm. locker after the draft, after my college season, and there's the A's questionnaire. I never filled it out. So <laughs> I ended up getting drafted by them. So that was that, that's pretty funny. It's, it's yeah. ironic how things <laughs> yeah. work sometimes. You know, all of a sudden yeah. it's the stuff you don't do that maybe motivates teams even more. Yeah. But you're part of this young wave now mm -hmm. of pitchers, and you alluded to some of the guys coming through the system, whether it's Lazardo. Jeffries, Caprillion, people trying to climb the ranks and make an impact here. Do you view it that way, that there's this young wave of pitchers, Grant Holmes, that you're all part of this young, maybe, nucleus of the future for this franchise? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I hope, uh, you know, everyone uh, can get an opportunity and uh, come up and you know, help the team, maybe. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's great to have all those guys, you know, to talk to and, you know, lean on throughout uh, the season, and uh, it's great. You've been – I know you're starting, you're relieving – do you have a preference on what you'd like to do? Uh, I mean, I've always liked starting, but uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I like relieving too. So I mean, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. No, as long as you know, I just I'm just, just happy. pitch me. Yeah, just, just pitch me. Just happy for the opportunity. Hey, congratulations! Welcome to the big club, and I know you're going to be here for a long time. It's great to see you here in Oakland. Oh, awesome, thank you. AJ Puck joining us here on A's Cast Live at the Coliseum. A's and Yankees tonight. Rick Sutcliffe, speaking of pitchers, he'll join us next. Here from the Coliseum, A's Cast Live continues. Now back to A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. From Ricky Henderson Field of the Coliseum, we continue with A's Cast Live leading up to the A's and the Yankees game two of this series. And what a star-studded lineup we have. We've had CeCe Sabathia, the legend John Shambi, Matt Chapman, A.J. Puck, and now we get a man who's got the hardware. <laughs> Rick Sutcliffe joins us here on Ace Cast. Roxy, I'm here for one reason, and that's just to clean up the mess that John Chomby <laughs> left, okay? And another thing, before I leave here tonight, as you know, we did the game last night and, and again tonight, where it says Ricky Henderson Field out mm -hmm. there, I'm going to put a hashtag Rick Sutcliffe right below it because he would not have been in Cooperstown. They would have not thought about naming a field after him <laughs> had he not put up the numbers he did against me. See, CeCe Sabathia say they should name the field after him because of his ERA and how he's helped the A's over the years. <laughs> well, it was always tougher for CeCe because he had to leave 500 passes every <laughs> time he, he came here. And I don't care how much money he's making, he's out there playing for free, and he knows that. That's a lot of pressure. Well, we, you, one of your teammates just went into the Hall of Fame, and how proud were you when you, when you saw Lee Smith go in? And I know you're going to go back to Wrigley Field coming up shortly, Sut, to have his celebration in Chicago. But what did it mean to you to see the guy who got you a lot of wins yeah. f finishing off some of your ball games going into Cooperstown? Honestly, um, I was a little upset. I mean, why did it take so long for, for that to happen? Anytime... To me, a Hall of Famer, and I played with a lot of them, as you know, mm -hmm. Sandberg and Dawson and Cal Ripken, I, I mean, Ozzie Smith, I, I could go on and on. When, when you dominate a sport for a long period of time, you're a Hall of Famer. Now, I mean, you can look at my career. I had some years where I, I, I dominated, but there wasn't enough of them. Mm -hmm. Lee Smith, when he retired, led all of Major League Baseball in games saved. When, when, when you lead in a positive statistic, where's, 
What's the problem? Where's where's the question on that? I don't I don't understand that. He was a great guy. He played the game right. Um, he wasn't a steroid guy. He wasn't anybody that ever got in any trouble. Um, it just bothered me that it took so long. But I applaud the Veterans Committee because, as you guys all know, he, he went in unanimously. And he wasn't just your one-inning closer that we oh, see no. now. He'd go two, three innings, yeah. whatever it took for you guys to get a win. He really did. And i got to tell you a story. Everybody talks about 84 and me coming over and going 16-1. They talk about the Sandberg game and him winning the MVP. Let me tell you, uh, the Sandberg game took care of the Cardinals, but we had the Mets still on our tail. And, I mean, they were loaded with Gooden and, and Strawberry and uh, right Darling, on the line. Darling, yeah. Keith Hernandez. And all of a sudden, they came to town for a double hitter, okay? And we, we need to win. I won the first game. And, like, in the third inning, we're up in the video room with Lee Smith, and all of a sudden, a fight breaks out. And by the time we got there at Wrigley, the way things were set up, I mean, it was already over. And we get out there, we don't know. We, we knew what happened, but we didn't know what happened in a fight or anything. So we're kind of out of it. So anyway, all of a sudden they bring Lee Smith in for a save in the ninth inning. And he gets the first two guys out. And I, I don't know who it was. I think it was George Foster. I'm not sure. But he throws one right at George Foster's and George head. George Foster's a big dude. A big dude. Throws it right at George Foster's head. He takes his glove off. He sets it on the mound. And he looks to the dugout like, all right, guys, come get me. <laughs> And I am telling you, they were falling over themselves trying to look the other way. Not one guy thought about coming out. To me, we'd already taken care of the Cardinals. That took care of the Mets. And as you know, that was the first time in, what, 39 years that the Cubs had ever made it to the postseason. Lee Smith was a big, big part of that. Rick Sutcliffe with us here on A's Cast Live. And, and it's funny, you know the name that we, we've talked about around here because the impact he had on this franchise. And with Mike Messina going in, Dave Stewart is a guy, you want to talk about a guy who dominated for four straight years. Yeah. And he was a part of the 89 World Series team. He's a guy that's like right there when I look, when I think of Messina, well, Dave Stewart's kind of in the same boat to I, me. I, I, Roxy, I totally agree with you. Um, as you know, uh, I came up through the minor leagues with Stu when we mm -hmm. were with the Dodgers. Um, at one time, our AAA staff was Bob Welch, Fernando Valenzuela, Ted Power, Wow. Uh, Dave Stewart and me. Oh, my god! I mean, and the amazing thing was there was nowhere to go because, as you know, the Dodgers big league staff was loaded. But I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think the one thing that, that's kind of overlooked a lot is the chemistry. And what kind of a teammate was this guy? Did he make everybody in that clubhouse better? Well, that's something that Dave Stewart did. And, you know, back in the day when a lot of us were going nine innings, when you say that, you know, a, a pitcher shouldn't be an MVP, we know Eck was an MVP, we know other pitchers have done that, Raleigh Fingers was an MVP. But when you had a guy like Dave Stewart, as a manager, the day before Stu pitched, I can unload my bullpen because I know worst-case scenario is going to give me seven or eight. Well, what happens the following day? The third day, your bullpen's back intact. So basically an ace like Dave Stewart was – helps you win three out of every five days. So I think what he did in the clubhouse, the toughness that he that he brought to the A's back then, the success that they had, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Rick Sutcliffe with us here on A's Cast Live. All right, you got to see the A's last night and ask Boog about his impressions. And when you watch the A's, what stands out to you? Obviously, the way they play defense and how at the corners, I was just talking with Matt Williams and I said, are these guys better than what you and Will Clark were? And he goes, absolutely, way better, not even not even close. The, the distance they have, the arm strength they have, the things they do, uh, nobody else has ever done. Uh, the thing that I think of was watching Chris Davis last night. And Roxy, I had a little conversation with him. I shared some things with him that 
Chris Bryant's rookie year mm-hmm. um, when he really struggled. I think he hit like 120 in the month of July. Um, a conversation I had with him then. Uh, without getting too deep into it, you know you can call me at any time, and I'll share with you. But if he has a big night tonight or if he takes off from you take here. You're taking the credit? I, I, well, you know, and, 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 and as we have to do in our business, I'm not second-guessing. This is kind of a first guess, okay? I'm throwing it out there now to, to say that I think – I hope that the conversation we had, I hope, I hope it helps him relax a little bit and get back to where he was. Well, you know that if that happens, you're, you're, you're going to reach legendary status on this show. Yeah, yeah, and I know that right across the field in that Yankee dugout, that there's nobody there that's going to be happy with me. I know the Astros are going to hate me, but you know what? I, I but you'd be loved I, here in Oakland, I, and that's great. I'll, t- I'll take that, and I'll take you know some tickets every now and then to the new stadium if all of that comes about. <laughs> Maybe but a suite, you know. We we can work something. It in should for be, you, so. yeah. If he gets back to you know that 247, because he's got to get a lot of hits just to get to that. But the the thing that you've heard me broadcast, I've, I've been doing it. You know, it was kind of weird. I, I played for parts of three decades, and with my contract going through next year, I will have broadcast for four, parts of four decades. Wow. It's like it's hard to believe that that's gone on, but I'm not really – yeah, I, I pull for the Cubs. The Cubs and Harry Carey with the nickname Red Baron, they really created me. I, I, I wouldn't be broadcasting for ESPN without that. But I, I don't really pull for a team. I think that helps me a lot, and then I really don't care who wins. But I do pull for certain people, and obviously Chris Davis uh, going into the game today is a guy that I enjoy watch. You brought up Chicago set. What's it like for you when you go back to Wrigley or, in, or Wrigleyville, you're around the Cub fans? What's it yeah. like for you because you're such a legend in the Cubs community? Well, that's, uh, that's really nice of you to say. Um, you know, my career leading up to, to 1984, as you know, I was I was under 500 um, when I got traded from Cleveland that year. I got traded in mid-June. Uh, I got traded. I got the phone call right here in this ballpark. Really? Yeah, Dallas Green called, and he said, we're going to make a deal for you. He said, uh, we're, we want you to sign an extension because we can't give up players and lose you at the end of the year. I said, Dallas, I'm not going to sign an extension. I go, I, I really want to go home and play for my hometown team, Kansas City, at the end of this year. I said, I'm not the one that wants traded. I go, Burt Blylevin wants traded. Why don't you take him? And as he hung up the phone, he said, I don't want Blylevin. <laughs> and he hung up the phone. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Steve, Stevie had me on a plane, and, and I was off to Chicago, and, and the rest is history. Um, it, 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 it changed my life. I, I mean, it, it really changed everything for me professionally. Uh, my plan was to play for Kansas City the following year. I, I, Harry Carey talked me out of it. I went back to the Cubs for eight more years. Um, it, it's it's um, it, it's humbling. I, I mean, it, it, it was such a long time ago, but yet, you know, they'll have a Rick Sutcliffe day every year, and you go out and you throw the first pitch, and, you know, you sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. The first pitch still to this day is not a problem. That Take Me Out to the Ball Game, it, it, just, it gets more and more embarrassing. A little nerve-wracking? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, you can tell my hand, I'm not sweating or anything now, but I am pitted out when I'm up there getting ready to, you know, say a one, a two, yeah. You got to learn the trick, right? You just back the microphone off and you, you lead in with a one and the two and then you let everybody join in. Roxy, it's so easy to say that. But I'm telling you, when you're you up there. You get swept up in it, don't you? And you, you do. And you look down and there's 40,000 people waving at you and they got signs that say, love you, Sut, and this and that. I mean, you as you did on the mound, you just want to give them all you got. And it's just horrible. It, it, it's, it's just, it's not good at all. Rick Sutcliffe with us here, final couple minutes. I know he's got to get going, but you mentioned Chris Davis, but what also with this team do you see? 
with the Oakland A's as far as, okay, they won 97 games last year. You look at the way this pitching staff is held together, and yet here they are again right in the thick of things. I, I, uh, I, I marvel at, at the starting rotation. I marvel. I mean, it, one of them was Edwin Jackson last year and all the, the, the things and ups and downs that he had been through. Uh, watching Homer Bailey last night, knowing he was 1-14 last year. Um, it's not like, you know, you had Justin Verlander acquired at the deadline. It's not like Cole Hamels uh, showed up for the Chicago Cubs and walks in. And, no, no, it's not Tanner Roark. No offense to that's Tanner. Not, that's not. But you think about everybody there. You, you think about Mike Fires tonight. Mm-hmm. As great as he's been, there's some teams in the past that gave up on him. That's basically your starting rotation right now. And I just think that there's these statistics and, and the things that Billy Bean and Bob Melvin and the coaching staff are able to put together, the data that they have that tells you as a pitcher, if you have fastball command and you can throw a fastball in this area, this location to that hitter, then 87% of the time this is going to happen. And you align your defense accordingly. It, I, don't, I really don't think that, that, that other than like at first and third and now obviously at shortstop, your bullpen has got some link to it and some quality. I, I really don't think you guys are as talented as a lot of the teams that you're beating, but I think you're better prepared. The guys at the corners are pretty good, though. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it, and it was so funny. Last night we are in Melvin's office before the game. Chapman walks in to talk to him about something or whatever like that, and we stopped him for a minute, and Book Shami said, hey, didn't you pitch, you know, or didn't you what? Yeah. Somebody said you could throw 100. I don't know if I could throw that hard, but I could throw hard. And then Bob Melvin says, tell him what you tell me when I come to the mound and the bullpen gates open or somebody starts running in. So what are you talking about? And Matt Chapman looks at him and he says, why are you bringing him, man? Just give me the ball. I'll end this thing. <laughs> you just love that confidence. You love that attitude. And, you know, it's a long year, and, and you really you need personalities like that. He sets the tone. There's no doubt about who sets the tone in this clubhouse. It's Matt Chapman. So great to see you. Before you go, we got to get take a dig in at our guy Danny McCormick. You know, I, I'm going to take a dig in at you. Uh oh, <laughs> because I've known you for a long time. Yeah. We go back to yeah. the Sharks and all the great things, and and, and you're as good. Congratulations on everything. I mean, you're just you just keep getting bigger and better. But you were the guy right off the bat that told me Danny McCormick was a great guy. I, I, I mean, I've been around him for a decade now. You now you can't shake him. I don't, I don't see it. I, I mean, I just this, you, this you're great waiting, guy. You're waiting for this huh? to kind of finally come through. Yeah, I don't know what it was you saw or what you're, <laughs> but I, I no, no. Now, one now of my, one we're talking about Danny McCormick, who's a former A's employee, worked in the A's baseball operations. What did he do? I thought he was like a clubhouse kid for Stevie, wasn't it? He was baseball ops. He was I know charting I know pitches, scouting, doing whatever they needed him to do. And now, now he's the head of Nike baseball. You know I love him, and you know when he's not working for Nike and we're out playing around, <laughs> he's you taking know, care of us. His nickname's <laughs> Little Sut. <laughs> <laughs> There's things he could be called that are a lot worse. A little oh, sad, let me tell you. Oh, but there's some great stories that I would love to share, but they're not they're not, not allowed terrible. to be shared on your air. <laughs> great to see you, Sat. Thanks, Roxy. Appreciate Rick Sutcliffe it. joining us here at Ace Cast Live. We continue from the field. We go north of the border next. Chris Townsend live from Winnipeg. Hi, this is Eduardo Perez from ESPN and MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. And when I'm in the Bay Area, I make sure I listen to Ace Cast Live. That is Eduardo Perez, who was hanging out at the Ace offices today, getting a tour. He was fascinated by the Ace offices at Jack London Square in Jingletown. 
our studio there for A's Cast Live. We are on the field, Ricky Henderson Field at the Coliseum. Prior to game two, it's the A's and the Yankees. Mike Fires goes for the Athletics tonight. Lefty Jay Happ goes for the New York Yankees. We'll have A's total access coming away at 6.05, first pitch at 7.07. Then the odd 6.37, first pitch tomorrow night. To wrap up the series with the Yankees, there was an off day on Friday. Yes, a weird off day on Friday. And then Saturday night with the balcony open on top of Mount Davis for the Giants. And then the Giants wrap up the homestand Sunday afternoon. And so far, it's been a terrific homestand for the Oakland A's, who win again last night 4-1 and one so far in this five-game homestand for taking three out of four from the Houston Astros. We have our guy north of the border. Let's welcome in the, the ace of A's cast. I'm the number two starter, I guess, right? Is that what we'd call me, Tony? You're, you're the ace, I'm the number two? Am I the setup guy? How you're the closer. Roxy, how could you ever call yourself the number two? You're not that humble, please. <laughs> okay, I'm the one. Uh, sorry, I'm the one B to you, one A. How's that? <laughs> how are you? Is it electric there? Is the A's are looking to make it two in a row against the Yanks? There's some definite en- there's some definite energy in this ballpark, and it's not just because Townie, it's Jewish Heritage Night here at the Coliseum. We you can feel it tonight with the Yankees in town. But before we go any further, I have to stop everything that we're doing because Commander Cody has some breaking news. Commander Cody. Please. Is there a sounder we have for breaking news? Yes, we do. Okay. But, see, this is how prepared we are right now. Yeah, Tony, Wait, see what you, happens you, when you're gone, Chris? Oh, my God. Come on. Get your game up. Everything falls apart when you're not here. But you know what? Marlins man is here again tonight, by the way. Oh, how annoying was that last night? There was two Marlins man last night. Yeah, there was like, it's kind of like Ray and then fake Ray Fossey, right? <laughs> Have we ever figured out who fake Ray Fossey? No, we haven't, and we're still trying to figure that out. He's had had some pretty good ones lately. So before Commander Cody has the breaking news, should I update you on? Okay, here it is. No one's going to get to this one. Whit Merrifield hits it into the seats. Oh wait! And it's a three-one game in the third inning. Okay, so Ben jumped the gun there. Tony, the 200 excited, Ben did. The 258th home run allowed by the Baltimore Orioles was a solo shot by Whit Merrifield. We have history. It's been tied. Oh, I'll be able to sleep tonight. On August 21st, the it's Major League single season record has been tied. Oh my god. Well, I, the game's not over, right? No, so it's, we could it's have the fifth inning. So we could have more history now. They're due to give up another one. It's the Baltimore bullpen. Oh, Come on. Sure. <laughs> so, by the way, how about this guest list we've had tonight, Uncle Tony? We let off with CC Sabathia. Then we had Book Shambi, followed by Matt Chapman, AJ Puck, and then Rick Sutcliffe. What do you think? Not bad. Not bad. Did Way you, to hold it down. Do, did I do okay in your stay? You know, you can be on the list now. That's a good. That was a good day. Uh, that was a good day. You know, because you know, we're, as I like to say, as my old friend Hugh Jackson used to say, we're building a bully with A's. <laughs> and it is. As we broke the news earlier, we are the number one downloaded 
podcast in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, Roxy, and talking to the fans out there, I can't thank you enough. You know, you know, last night being around so many great A's fans, we were loading A's cast onto people's phones and all the nice things that you know people have been saying about our efforts. And you know, you think about someone like myself, and you think of Commander Cody. You know, we left jobs that we had to, and we took a chance on this, and not knowing how big it was going to be, how great it was going to be. Uh, you know, we believed in Matt Pearl. There's no question about it. Who is our boss at the A's? And we believe in what management's doing with Dave Cavill and Chris Giles. But we had no idea it would be this good. We had no idea it would be this big. And really with a humble heart, I, I say thank you because we, 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 took, we took a leap of faith, knowing that we could do something special. But we didn't know if it would work. And we, we now know that it's working and we want to continue to grow this thing. And the fact that we got these numbers and that we're being downloaded more than anybody in Major League Baseball, man. There's 30 teams in base. We just started this thing four and a half months ago, and we're already number one. So the number one thing is I want to say congratulations to everybody on our staff and everybody who works on this, whether it's the Italian Stallion, Joey Libertori, or it's the face of uh, A's all night and Alex Jensen, yourself, Roxy, and I think of Matt Pearl, and I think of everybody and, and – Cody, and I think everybody who's a part of it, I just want to say thank you and congratulations. And really, the biggest thing is to the fans who are supporting us like uh, we didn't know they would, but they're supporting us, and it really has been something special that touches my heart. It is awesome. Uh, again, the news coming out earlier today that A's Cast is the number one downloaded podcast in all of Major League Baseball. Are they digging Ace Cast up in uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba? Uh, you know what, Roxy? I'm trying to figure out. Do um, you think there's a sports bar in town? I'll be airing this game tonight in uh, Winnipeg. There's got to be some hockey bar that's got no hockey to play right now, right? You can find this game. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, this is a big game. And, of course, it's the New York Yankees, so... Uh, if, if not, I'll have to be watching it on my phone. But, you know, for, for, for this ball club, we looked at this stretch, right? You know, because before, before the Astros series and even before the Giants series, it came out that the A's, when you looked at Cleveland, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay, that they had the toughest road, that their strength of schedule was the toughest out of all these guys. And you really looked at this mark right here where you had two against the Giants in San Francisco, four against the Astros at home, three against the Yankees at home, and then the Giants once again. I mean, this was the stretch that kind of was going to really make or break whether the A's were really in this thing. And because they took three or four, you get the win last night, eye on the prize, it's still about winning series, and you just think about, you know, the A's are in this thing. And, and if the A's can get into the postseason with playing this tough stretch, boy, that's going to make you somebody that nobody wants to play, right? How tough are they going to be if they get through this stretch? and they get into the postseason. Nobody wants to play a team And like especially that. the energy that comes out of this clubhouse with guys like Chapman setting the tone. And this team is going to have momentum. And it's going to be great to see. And we all rem remember that momentum ride back in 2012 that the A's just went on the tour clip down the stretch, and nobody expected the A's to win that division that year. And they found a way to win it on the last day. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but this is a team that could head into the postseason with a full head of steam and they're going to be tough to stop if they can keep this thing going. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know, the first team that really showed us that and they paved the way was the Angels in 02 when you had a wild card team win the World Series and everybody went, well, it can be done. And so since then, we've had wild card teams win the World Series. And the one thing about the A's that I, I tweeted it out today, and I know we talk about this a lot, is it's not the starters that have been. The starters have been fabulous for the A's, especially in this run when we look at these marks, May 16th, June 17th, where the A's were in this terrific run. They have these great records post-All-Star game. The starting staff has been phenomenal for the A's. I mean, it's not like the old school days where your guys are going eight, eight, nine innings. But in today's baseball, if you're getting six, seven really good innings, I got to tell you, I've been very impressed, especially by this five that's going right now. This five that's going right with Homer Bailey beating the Yankees for the second time this year. I, I with this starting five, they're rolling right now. They're feeding off of each other, and it is impressive to watch in the way this this staff has been executing and how good. For example, Homer Bailey's been his last two starts. Tanner Roark has done a really good job since coming over. The consistency that. Brett Anderson has given you this year and how great Mike Fires has been starting with that no-hitter uh, against the Reds. And then the transformation of Chris Bassett. It's been remarkable to watch the progress of these guys. And you look at the bullpen, Townie, and, and the way that's coming together. Look, Liam Hendricks has come out of nowhere and had an unbelievable season. But the way that Blake Trinan appears to be rounding into form now, the last couple of appearances from Lou Trevino, maybe they've turned the corner. If those guys can get going, plus you add now A.J. Puck in the mix, there really is a, a team that appears to be starting to click on all cylinders. Well, that could be one of the exciting things tonight, right, is, you know, you call up A.J. Puck, Bob Melvin knows he's got to get him in. He just can't, he just can't wait for a, a certain scenario, like a soft landing at some point. Puck has to get in. He needs to be get in in this series. So I got a feeling we're going to see the big left hander. You had him on today. What was he like? He he's excited to be here. He was pretty good. Um, certainly, I, I think he's still a little in awe of everything just because it's so new to him. But he's certainly confident and he, he's chomping at the bit to get out there. And he, he's excited to be in a pennant race and to be thrown into this situation. He wants to help. He's, he knows he's here for a reason. He's here to help this team get into the postseason. And that's what you love to see, a young guy coming up that can have an impact, and everybody thinks so highly of him in the organization. And it's great to see him come back from the Tommy John, and here he is now in the big leagues ready to help a team that's gunning down the stretch. Yeah, just not, just not coming up and, and being in a pennant race. You're coming up, and it's the New York Yankees. I mean, if he gets out there tonight or he gets out there tomorrow, man, his heart is going to be beating out of his chest. And I'll tell you this, something I noticed yesterday and talking to a couple people yesterday, we had Fran Reardon on, we had Lou Trevino on, we had Liam Hendricks. And when we ask about his stuff, especially Lou Trevino, who got to play with him, Lou just lit up when it going, this guy's nasty. Wait till you see him. This guy's stuff is nasty. So I, I can't wait to see him tonight. I think tonight he does get in. If he doesn't get in tonight, he'll for sure get in tomorrow. That is going to be good. By the way, I forgot. I, my tickets are still sitting on my phone right now for tonight. So I have four tickets for every game. So, Roxy, we're still what? We still got a couple hours before the game. First pitch is uh, about an hour and 20 minutes away. First pitch is an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, the first person 
to text in the number one at 510-897-1322. You got to text in the number one and your email address. The first person that does that right now, and, and if you can go to the game, now don't text in unless you can go to the game. I will text you my ticket after this interview. So the first person that texts the number one and your email, and you can go to the game tonight in an hour and 20 minutes, I will text you uh, these tickets in a few minutes. So, again, text in right now, 510-897-1322, if you want Uncle Townie's tickets to game two of the series with the New York Yankees. All right, fill us in. What's Winnipeg like? Uh, I've just done the route from the hotel, I mean, from the airport to the hotel. Did you have and a, it just ha- looks like a re- How many Tim Hortons like did re- you pass along the way? How many what? How many Tim Hortons? Uh, two, actually. I actually saw two Tim Hortons. See? Uh, and Brent Musburger, Brent Musburger was filling us in that he's a former hockey player who has this chain. I went, oh, that's interesting. And then, um... Uh, it's really an old town. We saw one building that was built in 1670. Wow. It's really old. I haven't been. In, uh, you know what, Roxy? You're in Roxy. You're in football. You know how it works. So yeah. we we basically we basically go from the airport to the hotel. And immediately after we get to the hotel, we got to have the meeting with Gruden, Paul Gunther, Mike Glennon, who's the starting quarterback. So as soon as I get done at eight o'clock. That's when I'm going to storm the town. So I'll have a better update for you uh, later on. Do they have uh, the Keg Steakhouse there in Winnipeg? Uh, we're actually going to the uh, a steakhouse that's just down from our work at Fairmont here. Okay. I, I think it's called the, the YA Steakhouse or something like that. Trust me, I will not get cheated tonight, and I will have a full Winnipeg report for you. There, there's two legendary uh, Canadian steakhouses. There's the Keg. And then highs, H-Y. Those are the two. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to. Oh, you're going to highs? You have no idea how jealous yeah. I am right now. Let, let me tell you, let, just don't even think about what you're going to order. Get a double Caesar, which they make table side, which is phenomenal, and then get a filet. That There's your night right there for you. How's that? So, so well, I, I'm a grown man. I'll have to get a, a ribeye. I don't do a filet. Oh, um, I'm a grown what, man. I'm 40. Come after me. <laughs> what did you say? It's the Caesar? Double, get a double Caesar. Yeah. The, the, double Caesar. Go, well, go double Caesar. Well, well, I'll be dining with Lincoln Kennedy, so doing double will not hurt anything. Okay, tell Lincoln go quadruple Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, that's a, what, what, what did you say it was? It's, it's what? It's, it's initials. Highs. It's H-Y, highs. Highs Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes. That's where we're, it's, it's, it's two blocks from the hotel. That's uh, where we're going tonight. So good. So I'm so jealous right now. That's where you're headed. All so, right. So, Have fun in Winnipeg. Way, yeah. Way, hey, 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 quickly, if anybody has Winnipeg knowledge of what to do in Winnipeg, Text in at 510-897-1322 and tell me where I need to go tonight in Winnipeg. There's no ice fishing this time of the year. There's no hockey to go see. So I guess there's a lot of beer drinking up there. That's my guess. <laughs> well, well, you know you know, you know, know all the ice fishing I do on the frozen ponds of San Jose. Yeah, when, you, when you're in the back roads down there when it freezes over, you're the first guy out there in the hut. <laughs> The, the main streets of Willow Glen. 
th there was a movie actually filmed, Townie, there in Winnipeg in that stadium. The guy who played Doug in The Hangover. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Get used to this, Townie. Sing along. True. Tamu Solani is still a legend up there in Winnipeg. Keith Kachuk ain't walking well, through that door, Uncle Townie. Tamu Solani, the great shark and duck. Oh, Tamu Solani has still missed an open net in game seven against the Colorado Avalanche. I believe it was in 04. Maybe it was a little earlier than that. I'm still sick about it. No, it wasn't 04. It was earlier than that. It might have been 02. He had an open net. Patrick Waugh was out of position. Could have given the Sharks a 1-0 lead on the road in Game 7. Instead, he missed, and the Sharks lost 1-0. That's my recollection uh, of Tamu Zolani as a Shark. Oh, my God. He's ripping, ripping old, open uh, old wounds here in Canada. I, I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. What a show today. We talked. We started talking about the CFL. Yes. And we're ending talking about the NHL. This has been a great show. We, we are your full-service one-stop shop. Right? That's where you got to come. I will, I, will, I, I will say this. I did see some homes on the way in with Go Bombers signs. So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do play here in Winnipeg. And there was a movie. Co I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. And the guy, uh, oh gosh, Bruce. Um, I'm trying, oh gosh, it was filmed there in Winnipeg, and it was actually a, pr a pretty good movie. Uh, it was one that kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, where a guy lost his father and his. And the, sorry the, for your loss. Sorry for your loss. That's the name of it, Townie. And it was the premise of the movie was they wanted to. Sprinkle the ashes on the football field there at the stadium, and then he got arrested by security. It was it was pretty. It was a sneaky good movie. How's that? Sorry hey, for well, your loss. I can tell you I'm not. I, I can tell you I'm not going to the movies tonight. Uh, you, well, you could bring that up on the broadcast tomorrow, and there's your insider knowledge about the stadium, right? Oh, that's that's right. Because let me tell you something. Nobody's playing in this game tomorrow. No starters. They've left half the starters back in Oakland, so. That might be one of my hits tomorrow during the broadcast. See, have it planned out. But you get to see my dude Aaron Rodgers up there tomorrow. Yeah, supposedly he's playing. I'll believe that when I see it. Also, uh, Tommy, Kenny Lawler from <laughs> Cal plays for Winnipeg. Check, Kenny, try Kenny to find Lawler, him. a great receiver at Cal. He was a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. <laughs> the guy that made Jared Goff. Hey, hey. I wouldn't go hey, that far. Hey, Roxy, I want, you, I want you to remember when this show's over, you can't spend too much time hanging out. you got to get up to the treehouse for the pregame. It sneaks up on you quick. And that could happen. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Make, now, sure you get me that, make, make sure you get me that email so I can email the ticket. There you go. You, you, you can sing it, Townie, right? Oh, Canada. True patriot love with all thy sons command. Come on, Townie. Sing it. With glowing hearts. He doesn't know the words. Come on. I don't know the words. You know, Cody. And free. I don't. From far. That's why I'm proud to be an American. Am I the only one? Canada. Yes, we're American. Yeah, but we love our hockey. And our blue bombers. Glorious and free, Uncle Townie. Keep it glorious and free.
I'm more, I'm more an Edmonton Eskimos guy. <laughs> you know, Calgary Stampeders, BC Lions. Well, I always love Calgary because the great Jeff Garcia, San Jose State, great place for the for Calgary. Have fun up there, man. Stay safe and hope they let you back in the country. Well, if, if, if I never see any of you again, it was great working with you, <laughs> and it was great building A's cast. Chris Townsend live from Winnipeg as we're wrapping up the show for this Wednesday from the Coliseum Field. What a guest list we had today. CeCe Sabathia joined us. We had A.J. Puck, Matt Chapman, John Shambi, Rick Sutcliffe, and Chris Townsend. Don't forget, coming up next, the face of A's all night, Alex Jensen, who will be hosting the show tomorrow in, yes, place, of, will. in place of Chris Townsend and in place and in of place you. In place of me, I'll be on the TV side filling in for Glenn tomorrow night, working with Ray and Dallas. TV rocks, yeah. California. Oh, yeah. So i got to get the makeup out and get that ready to go again. Well, you have a tie on, yes or no? Yeah, because I'm doing whatever Ray wants, and if Ray wants to wear the tie, I'm going tie. How's that? Green? Gold? We'll see. I, haven't, I have not decided yet. All right, all right but Ace Cast will continue. And then, of course, the broadcast begins. I'll be up in the treehouse with A's Total Access coming your way in 12 minutes from now. For Commander Cody and Ben, it's been a great Wednesday afternoon at the Coliseum. Fires for the A's, half for the Yankees. A's Cast Live continues and A's Total Access coming your way after the top of the hour right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.